Oh man, I'm tired. Am I tired? tired? I got up. I got up really early, and yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm really tired. So I want to ask you a favor. Let's hear it. Can we just do this show real slow, and then in post production, I'll double the speed and it'll sound normal. Sure. Make it smart too while we're at it. Hey, you're here. It's the Bro Show. Ooh, and my you woke me Jerry. up there. My John. Oh, yeah. We're on oh. fire. We're ready to go. We sound smart. We yep. sound fast. <laughs> We're cooking with gas. <laughs> Jeez. We are. Last week, we did John's favorite movie. Now we're going to do this week, we're going to do my favorite movie. And uh, in addition to that, I have to mention, before I forget, y'all need to check out John's 2023 Arizona Fall League report. If you're a baseball fan of any kind and you want to keep an eye on the ball, then you'll want to read that. And I've got a link to it in the show notes. So you just dive in there and y'all want to get notified when this show pops up Then you want to go to www.bro.show and you can subscribe. Ooh, all good. And you get only reminded once. This is gentle. Yeah. This, is, this is a gentle notification. Oh, yeah. What T-shirt are you wearing, John? Hey, I got the Bro Show live April 21, back in the good old days of 2018 when we did the when we did the bro show live and it's got the guitar with the fist bumps. It is Ooh. kicking. It's the Jersey shirt too. It's got the stripes on the, Oh yeah. On the sleeves. Oh yeah. So it's a winner all the oh, way. Yeah. That's a good shirt. Yeah. That is a good shirt. Hey, what do you got on? Yeah. What do you got? I'm wearing about the belt. Yeah. I've got the holiday one. You mean to celebrate? Yeah. 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 Wow. That's a holiday t-shirt. Yeah. Celebrate. Yep. I'm in a good mood. What can I say? Very, very good. Yeah. And we also have ourselves a sponsor, don't we, John? We sure do. The Animal Legal Defense Fund. Uh, it's a 501c3. Their mission is to protect the lives and advance the interest of animals through the legal system. They do this by filing high-impact lawsuits, uh, free legal advice, supporting legislation, and allowing others to use their resources when they're prosecuting against these bad boys who hurt animals. And in addition to that, they have got swag. Oh, they do. I think we got a a rabbit story. Oh, we sure. Yeah, you know, let me say it. Can I say it? Yeah, go ahead. Winner, winner, rabbit dinner. Yeah, that's what it's all about. This is the one. Yeah. This is the the one one. that Jason, uh, we need to get to the meat of the matter on this one. Um, Oh. One of our uh, ardent uh, listeners uh, and contributors, Jason Otto, has been uh, relentless in his recommendation that we actually go out to a restaurant and eat some rabbit because rabbit is a an item, an entree. Um, and so what we did is this last Sunday, Jason and I went to a restaurant called Osteria Langa, which is uh, located in a, in a neighborhood uh, called Logan Square, northwest side. And the neighborhood restaurant and as the name implies osteria means a cozy comfortable place to eat simple food and wine and langa refers to the piedmont district the rustic hill section of of this region in northern italian uh, italy so we we walked in nice uh, 68 uh, seat restaurant a very small uh, intimate bar 
And uh, what we like to do is Jason and I go out to, uh, to, to eat quite often and we like to sit at the bar because it gives you an opportunity. You'll probably think we're just a bunch of lushes, but actually there's a secondary <sighs> reason we do it. And that is Why? because that gives us an opportunity to, to talk to some of the other people. It's easier to talk to some of the other patrons at a bar table rather than shouting oh. at them over a table. And we're probably sure. going to be closer to the owner. He's kind of, you know, kind of hanging there too. Yeah. So we did that yeah. and took a look at this uh, northern Italian menu, which is broken down into the uh, being going to Italy. I realized they usually break it down into three sections: uh, an appetizer and two courses. So what we did is we jumped in and did the appetizer and did the second course. The first course is usually pasta. The second course is the fish and meat. So mm. we, wanting to you know jump right into uh, the, sure. the, the the second course. We got what's called the the rabbit course, and what it consisted of was a rabbit loin wrapped in bruschetta, dried ham, and preserved sure. in its juices with the with a sauce that was mushroom based. With uh, it almost had the texture of like grits, it kind of had a little <clears throat> granular thing to it, and served on wedges of soft cheese and pork belly slices. Um, and this is oh, one yeah. of the more popular items. You go to the reviews, sure. and they always mention this. So, bottom you line is, well. You got to think about it in terms of well, what does rabbit taste like? Well, we've had an opportunity when we were kids to taste sure. it, to have rabbit, sure. and if you bake it, if you depends upon how you prep it. So if you bake yeah. it, bake it, you're probably you get the 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 rabbit legs. You're going to think, well, that's like chicken. But it if is. you get the loin portion, which is on the back, you're going to and you may it, it's more like pork tenderloin. So it's going to uh, going to taste and the texture is going to be more like pork. So right. that's what we had. Uh, it was it was really good, uh, and it filled us up. And of course, because you know, at the end of the, the, the in, in Italy, they give you you have a after dinner uh, drink you can have, which is called grappa. And mm. I'll tell you what, it's like drinking medicine because it tastes awful, but apparently it makes your food you don't get any indigestion yeah. if you drink that's this. Right. This now I just had to take one step further. With respect uh -oh. to the, this, and that would look to see exactly well where did they get the rabbit and what kind of rabbit it is, and found out that I talked to the like I said sitting at the bar. What do you do? Right across from me is the owner. I said, well, where do you get this rabbit? He gets it from a Blue Ridge Rabbit Company, which is a they they go by the the fresh from the farm. Well, sure enough, there is Ooh. no in between. They order, they get their meat, the rabbit meat directly from a farm, South Carolina, and, and just kind of going through it. The rabbits are, there's a lot of breeds of rabbits. They get a, a oh. pure New Zealand or California breed. And oh, what color okay. is it? Well, I looked at all the, it's like all different colors. It could be black and white. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. Uh, so that doesn't make any difference. And they, they looks like they do a good job of trying to be as humane as you can if you slaughter a rabbit. So yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> it sounds like, it. you know, you are going to slaughter a rabbit, but, you know, there's ways to do it and ways not to do it. Right. So we know um, so I, we enjoyed it. Uh, it was just a very pleasant experience. And it's it's amazing how you uh, Chicago's big enough that there I couldn't go to all the nice places like this in my lifetime but little's left so whatever okay that's oh, it oh let's not go there we have a word john hey do we have a word why don't you lay I that word on us toponymic surname toponymic surname okay oh if you are it sounds like it first of all let's take the a more obvious one a surname is the last name someone has like yeah. daniels is our last name okay uh, now, you may have heard the phrase patronymic or matronymic, mm -hmm. and that is a name you have that's taken from your father or your mother. OK, 
Okay. Like Nick Nicholas Nikolaevich oh. Karzanov, right? Nikolaevich is the patronymic in your name. So what is a toponymic? If you think of the word topo topology, maps and geography, you figure out, well, wait a minute. That's a surname derived from a place name. Yes, a location. A or yeah. a region. Yes. You want an example? Yeah. Here's a perfect example. Mary Magdalene came from the city of Magdala on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Nice to know. I wonder where that, that surname came from yeah. now. Yeah. Now we know. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple of those in baseball, yeah. but I'll leave that for another day. <laughs> yeah, and our eldest our eldest aunt was named Magdala, uh, Magdalene. Oh. Magdalena. Very good, actually. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's kind of a cool name. Are you are you ready for two takes now? Yeah, we got our two takes, and I'll tell you what we our our two takes is based upon a film called Mary Magdalena uh, that was that was came out in 2018. The background on this is that we're going to learn that the greatest story ever told with respect to the uh, Jesus was all wrong in, in many respects. Now, I wouldn't say all, oh, but there's some uh, in, in controversy. The fact is controversy and what we've learned, uh, what was come down through, for, uh, you know, through the ages was the fact that Mary Magdalena was a, uh, we think of her as part of the, uh, of the whole experience with Christ as he, you know, goes through the, the, you know, the, the crucifixion and the resurrection, et cetera. But we don't realize it's the important factor that she placed in it. This, and, and there was people, there was a Pope that actually in 591 that really wanted to make this representation solid. So what he did is he, he claimed that she was a prostitute. Finally. Yeah. 2016, mm -hmm. we get to the point where Mary Magdalena is restored back to her place as one of the more important people as it relates to Jesus's circle. When you think of Jesus' circle, you think of the apostles. Well, right. quite often, the latest words that are used to describe the position that Mary Magdalena has was she was the apostle of apostles. That's so correct. she was like the go-to. When it comes to Jesus, she was, during yeah. that the last part of his life, she was the go-to person that he listened to, and oh, actually, and he just needs somebody Invited to understand in. him, and that's what she was able to do. So yeah, so well, let's, let's go through this. This is interesting. I'll, I'll, go ahead. I'll go through go, go through a couple of dates. The movie came out in 2018. The film grossed about 12 million. It got reviews. It it, it got reviews that are uh, with Metacritic. It's 48 out of 100, and IMD gave it a 5.99 out of 10. And really, when you think about it, these reviews make sense. These are what you call pretty lousy reviews. I'd be scared yeah. if they were good reviews because, you see, we're so screwed up right now in terms of the world <laughs> that the world would have to view this movie with saying, what, what are they doing here? This, they, we're going to fall asleep during this because, you know, that's just the nature of the beast as we see it today. Yeah, so we got two yeah. great, wonderful actor and actress uh, in the movie. Rooney Mara plays Mary Magdalena, and Joaquin Phoenix plays Jesus. Do a great job. Good news is you can access thing this through YouTube, or if you're a guy like yep. me who needs a couple commercials, you can watch it on Tubi. So that's it. But I would I think what we need to do is get down to exactly what's the goings on and what makes this movie a really a very important uh, important addition. To 
So to a holiday movie game. selection, yeah, because this is my favorite holiday movie. Okay, that's, that's the that's the newsflash. Yeah, it, people would say, "Well, Jerry, that's that's not a holiday movie." Oh, not at least. Well, let's not go there. Let's not go there. Can't go there. Okay. Well, I, I think I, it yeah. is. It's in my opinion. It's just opinions anyway, right? It's opinion. I consider this a faith-based movie. You consider it a holiday movie. That's that's. There's nothing wrong with either of those. No, I think they're both reasonable interpretations of the fact. But I really thought, well, you know what? It might be kind of cool to we're, we're celebrating Christmas. Most people are. And it's got the word Christ in it. I figure, well, it wouldn't hurt to know a little bit more about Christ from another point of view. Yep. And this is a point of view very seldom represented, as you said earlier. So anyway, we we uh, we we join Mary and her family in the city of Magdalena. And uh, sure enough, you know, uh, she's she's a great woman. Uh, she's well regarded in her town. She's unmarried at a pretty advanced age because she's 20 something. And that's kind of old in those days to not have a husband. But she just keeps turning down husbands. And she is a great healer and a great midwife, however. Right. And her the power of her mind is great. She can just get these women who are freaking out having a baby to look at her and they immediately relax and give birth. She's like a magician when it comes to this stuff. So she's highly regarded. But her brother, Daniel, is really having a fit over the fact that she's not married. Right. And so, yeah, so they try and get her exercised. They think, oh, she must have a demon in her and stuff like that. Yeah. They they just just about drowned her doing so. And and then while she's recovering, one of her brothers says, Why don't we bring the Nazarene in? He's in the neighborhood and he's known to heal people. Maybe he can do something with her. And so the Nazarene, of course, is Jesus. And they bring him in and he looks at her and he says, There's no demon here. He reassures that's her it. that that's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. That's not but the I case. Mean, it, go ahead. So but I think the key here is, is that we get our first uh, example of how this movie is going to run. And it, it has to do with not the dialogue, but with more. It's just as important is the expressions, the looks on the faces. So the as silence. a result, we, it, it's, it's a, it, yeah, it's expressions. It, it, it's yep. the way that they look as one each is talking. So one might be talking and the other one will be, you know, that they're not they're doing more than listening. They understand what's going on. And I think yeah. that that's that's an important part of, of, of this movie. In fact, it's so much that way that pe- some people say, well, Mary Magdalena gets kind of the short change with respect to the dialogue in this movie. Well, that kind of the, the importance <laughs> is under is the is the listening. And making yeah. sure you understand it. So that that's what I kind of got out of that. So Yeah, and the other thing, too, you notice about this movie is you kind of get a run-through of some of the disciples that are with him at that time when she joins yeah. them. And uh, she's not all that welcomed. She's the only woman among them. And her family really objected to this strenuously, by the way, yeah. because she would get a bad reputation running around with a bunch of men, unmarried. So, any case... Uh, she gets she gets a lot of grief from some of them, but uh, there's one guy in it who's very helpful, one disciple, and that is this guy named Judah. This you may have heard of him. <laughs> another he's very great, helpful. An, another good example of of how the story that we go, learn when we're younger is a little, I would say more than just a little bit off with respect to yeah. it. 
to, to how this all works out with Judith. You know, you think of Judith as like a her. Benedict Arnold, and he's not exactly like that. Yeah. Not exactly like that. The the interesting thing about this movie, it is based on scriptures. It's not like just movie imagination and script writers. You know, it is based on scriptures. But there's scriptures that were not allowed to be in the Bible, which is interesting in and of itself. So anyway, what the sto- the way the story goes is uh is that he's very welcoming to her and he's very positive and very upbeat and she hears his story, and his story is that you know he had a dispute with a tax Roman tax collector. And because he wouldn't pay uh, more than he owed, uh, he he uh, all his grain was taken, and his family starved. He was the only one who survived. So, well, that's Judas, yeah, 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 yeah. That's Judas. So he is with uh, Jesus because Jesus will bring the kingdom, and when the kingdom comes, the the dead shall arise and return to their loved ones, mm-hmm. and and the meek shall inherit the earth, and all that good stuff. So this is this is all good news, right? So he's that's why he's there. That's his whole reason for being, and he's upbeat, and he's he's like this super 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 believer, almost too much. And then there's other people like Peter. Now Peter's whole angle on the thing is he did the same thing. He left his family only not because of some disease or or, or, or starvation. He did it voluntarily to go with Jesus to help him, you know, bring the kingdom of heaven on earth. And so. Right. All these men around him have an agenda, usually yes. because they have families and they have very mm-hmm. material needs for the future, especially with Roman oppression and all that. Mary Magdalene doesn't have any of that. She doesn't have a family. She's right. given up all that just to understand his teaching. And her understanding of his teaching is significantly different than everybody else's among the disciples. They all have a more or less political, geopolitical kind of goal and, and uh, uh, a personal kind of goal with him. But she, yeah, I, I, she wants to hear it from him. What's it like? What's the I, kingdom I, yeah, of I heaven would, like? And I would what did say, he say? When you, take, when you take a look Remember? at both these people, Judas. Oh, I, I know the. I was saving that for the end, but I, if you want to park that right now, go ahead. Uh, well, I, I'll I, just get part of that. What he said was, you're the first person to ask me that. Right. What it feels like. <laughs> yeah. So there, that, that's the understanding part. In other words, confirmation yeah. type of thing. But what I thought was interesting, when you take a look at the agendas, Judas, priest, Judas, this is happened to do with the fact that, hey, uh, I'm expecting a miracle. So when you get done with whatever you do, Jesus, I expect to see my family here up in Adam so I can see him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, We've got uh, P- Peter is going to be the one who, who says, well, you know, what, what we got to do is we got to have you chart, lead us and we'll be ready to duke it out so we can beat the Romans. Warriors, and so yeah. so the war. So yeah. that's sort of like the extremes. And, and yeah. what we've got here is something which is different than that, Neither. which he's trying Neither. to do. So, yeah, he is trying to do something completely different. And. Uh, there's this almost silent communication between uh, Jesus and his mother, Mary, and Jesus and Mary Magdalene. It's almost silent, but deep. And they just say a few words to each other. He says, I see the future and it's dark. And she says, don't worry, I'll be with you the whole way. So they both have this shared kind of apocalyptic vision of what's going to happen to them. Crucifixion. And how does it happen? Well, Judas gets impatient when the kingdom doesn't come, when he thinks it should come, 
Yeah. And so he says, I'm going to force Jesus to bring the kingdom. I'm going to bring the Romans down on him to crucify him. And rather than get crucified, then he'll bring the kingdom. Forces the hand. Yeah, forces hand. But of course, that's not that's not the way it works. And that's not what the kingdom is. So by the end of it, we find out what the kingdom is. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? It is. I think that what, so the thing with Judas is he, he, he thinks he's facilitating the exercise that Jesus is trying to do. Yeah, he's trying to help. In, in, in his own mind, he feels he's yeah. helping him. Yeah. Well, then by the end, he sees he's not. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, I made a mistake. And then, he, yeah. Then he decides to join his family. So enough said there. But anyway, I think the most interesting part of this is that, and there's several interesting parts. For me, the most interesting part of it is the definition of the kingdom that we do get. And uh, according to Mary Magdalene, this is in her scriptures too, the the, the book, uh, you know, the gospel of Mary Magdalene. Uh, she says, he said, it's like... Uh, a woman takes a mustard seed, a single mustard seed. If you've ever seen a mustard seed, they're very small. Takes a single mustard seed and plants it in the ground and waters it and tends it. And a plant grows and flourishes. And then a bird makes its nest in the, in the mustard plant, the bush. That's it. Yeah, I mean, the idea being here that we've got, uh, and we're so the the people that are following it are going to be the birds in in, in the tree and the you know nesting yeah. and living. Yeah. So living. that's sort of like the the fact is that it's making the point that there will be a coexistence that is very pleasant because we all have to sort of make sure we don't put too many birds on a branch. This and that work together, and so there's a lot of metaphor perspective. Yeah, use natural growth. Natural yes. growth and flourishing. And, you know, it, it's all very family oriented, very naturally oriented. And, you know, that that's what, according to Mary Magdalene, you know, in her scriptures, that, that he said the kingdom was not a faith-based war. And I think the, the key I see, one of the things about this movie is the imagery and the tone, the texture of the film. The, oh the film has uh, the, the, the the fact one of the things that's one of the miracles is day night and how people view that as a miracle in itself that we are able to you know that that the earth doesn't go completely dark which we know during Christmas time it's about that when it does have the shortest sure. amount of daylight so right. they they have a lot of light dark and a, a dark and it's got a kind of a uh, I would put a, through a thin gauze look to it as to the, the, the texture of the film. And it's got very good, great work. music. It's got beautiful uh, when it comes to sunrise, sunset. It's, it's got, you know, a lot, not what you call brilliant colors, but very subtle, subtle, subdued, which is the nature of, of the whole passage and, and what Jesus is trying to talk about here. He's not going to talk about some, this isn't going to hit you over the head with respect to brilliance as you watch it on the screen. It's going to be a very yeah. subtle thing. And the music, a very somber, soft, slow music also fits into it. So these things, and I say them all, you know, together, it sounds like, gee, this is a snooze fest, isn't it? No, not quite. Uh, no, that's it's not. Kind of what, and, you watched uh, it twice. Watched it twice. And I think when you mentioned the, the passage uh, with, with the sowing of the seed, 
uh, it's important yeah. to realize that that if you said to somebody, well, did you get the movie? I didn't get it. Well, but all you need to do is go to the very beginning. It has that passage in it. And at the very end, it has the very same passage, which is to emphasize what this movie is all about. So that's the way I see it. Yeah, I do too. And if you want to be transported, great movie. And you may think, oh, John Jerry, you've already told me all about the movie. I don't need to see it. Thing is, you can't spoil this movie. Really. You can't spoil it because you haven't experienced it. (laughs) The plot, and you know what the plot is. If you've read the Bible, it's pretty much like what's in there. There's some changes. And, you know, that's interesting and what have you. But this is not plot driven. This experience. You'll be transported. I was. Here are the groaners. Why are sheep so itchy? Why do they, they itch so much? Any ideas? Why? Uh, it's the wool. Sheep? It's the wool. The, the wool, wool yeah, they wear. which is another word for wool is... Woolite. Fleece. <laughs> what? Fleece. Oh, they have fleece. Very soft. Oh, yeah, they have fleece. Oh. They have fleece. Ooh. Okay. 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 Here, here, that's a good one, one John. Let, let, let's, uh, let's get a little, a little more real. Let's put our feet on the ground right now and we can do a much more realistic one. What brand of skin lotion do bullfighters use? What brand of skin lotion do bullfighters use? <laughs> what the, what no does the crowd always say? What does the crowd say when they watch a bullfight? Ole! Ole! Oh, oil of Ole. Okay. <laughs> oh, well. I, did, I, I didn't know they said Ole. Uh, 